You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's Word today. Have you ever had a time in your life when you feel like you go from one bad thing to another? Times where it feels like you can't get a break no matter how hard you try. You may even feel relieved to get out of one situation only to find yourself in a more difficult and a worse one right after that. There are times you may even feel like life is working against you and that everyone is rooting for your failure and for you to fall. Perhaps you've been in this type of situation before and by God's grace, he somehow, some way, brings you through it. Others might have thought this is going to be the end of you. Surely this is it. This is it for your faith. This is it for your job. This is it for your marriage. This is it for your family. Maybe you even thought that yourself. This is it. I'm not sure I'm going to make it through this one. But somehow, God brought you through. Amen? Why? Because you're a survivor. You're someone who's made it through. You've endured hardship, difficulty, and challenges, and you've come out on the other side. I want to remind you of that because in case you forget in your current trial and difficulty that you've survived things before and God will bring you through again because even though the situation might be new, even though the difficulty and the challenge might be something you haven't faced before, I want to let you know that the God that you serve and the God who's been faithful to you all these years has not changed one bit in all that time. That should be very comforting. Today I want to talk to you about being a survivor. And we're going to find ourselves back in the book of Acts. But what exactly is a survivor? Survivor is defined as a person regarded as resilient or courageous enough to be able to overcome hardship and misfortune. That means that despite all the things you've been through, you take a licking and you keep on ticking. You're like the Energizer Bunny. You can't be stopped no matter what's going on in your life. You are just resilient. You won't go down. And if you go down, you won't stay down. That's the definition of a resilient person. Survivor is also a person who copes with a bad situation or affliction and gets through, or a person who manages to live through a situation that sometimes results in death. A survivor is a person that things that survive, specifically a person who has survived a great ordeal or a great misfortune. One who survives is one who endures through disaster and hardship. If you've been through stuff and you are a survivor, you recognize that it's less uh, because of your own cleverness, but because God's hand was upon your life. If you've survived some things that you shouldn't have, if you're alive today and drawing breath, you realize that it's nothing because of anything that you did, not because you were smarter or more clever or better looking than someone else. You realize you survived by the grace of God and because his hand was upon your life in a real and present way. When you look back upon your life, there may be many times where you thought to yourself, I'm not going to make it, but you did. And when you think about it, you realize there could be no other explanation than God's providence and his protection over you. When the Lord is with you, there's nothing anyone can do to stop you. 
When the Lord is with you, there is nothing anyone can do to stop you. And believe me, they will try. Well, pastor, who's they? Well, the devil, other people, people in your life that will try and discourage you and stop you from what God wants you to do. There are going to be people that will try. But if God is truly with you, there's nothing that can stop you. And we see this in the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul's the example of a survivor. Now, it's been a few weeks since I've preached in the book of Acts, as you realize that there have been some things that have been going on with the passing of my father. And so I am determined to finish this book. I will finish the book of Acts. And uh, we've been learning about the early church. We've been learning about what it means to be a life-changing church and what it means to be a person that endures tests and trials and comes out with a testimony. We've been looking at the life of Paul and what his life is about. When we last left off, we were in chapter 27. So you can turn there in your Bibles to chapter 28. That's where we'll be today. But Paul and his companions, Luke and Aristarchus, were shipwrecked after a terrible storm at sea that lasted 14 days. For 14 days, that large ship with 276 people aboard was out in the open sea being tossed back and forth by the wind and the waves. So bad was the storm that it drove the ship 600 miles from where they started in Fairhaven's Crete all the way to where they are now. Through God's providence and Paul's guidance, the crew, all the prisoners and passengers made it safely onto the island after the ship was run aground. All 276 of them, not a single person, was lost. We pick up the story on the island of Malta, 58 miles south of Sicily, Italy. And so if you look at Acts chapter 28, beginning in verse 1, we'll take a look at where Paul is next. It says in verse 1, And now when they had escaped, then they found out the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out of the heat and fastened onto his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet justice has not allowed him to live. But I want you to take note of verse 5. But Paul shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up suddenly and fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. And in that region there was an estate of a leading citizen on the island whose name was Publius, who received and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick with a fever and dysentery. And so Paul went to him and prayed And he laid his hands on him and healed him, so that when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. And they honored us in many ways, and when we departed, they provided such things that were necessary. This is the story of Paul. Imagine going through a shipwreck, and you're just trying to get warm on the island, And you're gathering sticks, trying to be helpful to put sticks on the fire. It's winter. It had been raining and it had been pouring. They were soaked to the bone and they 
ended up on this island of Malta and they encountered the natives there and the says the Greek there is barbaros. And it doesn't mean that they were barbarians or that they were uncivilized. It's just that was a word that was often used for people that didn't speak Greek. If you didn't speak Greek, you were a barbarian because we couldn't understand you. But these natives welcomed them, received them on the island, recognized they had been through a, a trying ordeal and so started a fire for them. And Paul, trying to be helpful, gathers up a bundle of sticks and throws the sticks into the fire. And then all of a sudden this viper latches onto his arm. And you can imagine, like, okay, you thought your week was bad, right? You're talking about going from one thing to another. You know, whether it be you had a bad day at work, you had a blown-out tire, or other things that happened during your week, and you're like, can this week just stop for a minute? Can things that are going on this year just stop for a minute? And it seems like you keep going from one thing to the next. And so Paul has got this viper hanging from his arm. And the natives are looking at him saying, you know what? This guy has to be a bad person because they believed that the fates had a funny way of working things out so that bad people got what they deserved. They even said that justice has deemed that this person shouldn't li live. And in the Greek pantheon of gods, justice is the uh, blind goddess of uh, justice, of right and wrong. You'll often see her in our court systems. You'll see the statue blindfolded with scales in her hand, weighing out the scales of justice. And so they determined, the gods have determined that this man should not live because they were fully expecting Paul to just uh, swell up from the poison and fall down dead. But Paul just shakes it off. And he doesn't just shake it off, he shakes it off into the fire and no harm befalls him. I want you to think about this this morning because uh, it says that Paul shook it off into the fire and suffered no harm. He survived. Paul was a survivor. And to be a survivor, there are four things you need to do. So the first thing is this, is to shake off the attacks. There are times in your life where it seems like one thing after another seems to come your way. There are times where you will be doing the right thing. You'll be doing a good thing. And somehow people will find a cause to attack you. Sometimes the enemy himself will attack you and come against you. And you, think, you are thinking to yourself, I'm doing what's good. I'm doing what's right. Why is this happening to me? And I can tell you from experience that if you're living for the Lord and doing the right thing and trying to do the right thing, and things don't seem to be lining up the way they're supposed to, and it feels like there's one bad thing after the other, you have to recognize it's the enemy's tactics to distract you from your purpose and what God wants you to do. There are many times where we simply think God's against us, but if we're doing the right things, and we're living right, and we're acting right, and we're doing things that are right and just in God's sight, it's not the enemy, that, it's not God who's against us. If there's the enemy that's against us, is the world that's against us, they don't want to see you do what God wants you to do. Something to note about this tack, it came while he was trying to do good, it came unexpectedly, and it came out of nowhere. And a lot of times as we live life, as we serve God, there will be times where our week is going fine, and then just out of nowhere, we get punched in the gut with some kind of experience, some kind of news that kind of takes us back and takes us by surprise. 
But if you're going through things, you've got to shake off the attack. Paul just looked at it like, oh, that. And sometimes you've got to look at things like that and just shake it off and keep going. Paul just shook it off into the fire. And so that which came, that came to try and destroy him was actually being destroyed itself by being thrown back in the fire from where it came from. And there are times that as we go through things in life that we just simply have to look at it like, yeah, that's happening right now, but I'm going to get through that. Yeah, I'm experiencing an attack right now, and it may even be an attack from someone that you care about. It might be an attack from someone that knows you. It might be an unexpected sort of thing, but knowing to yourself, I'm going to get through this, and I'm going to survive. Secondly, shake off the venom and the negativity. The only venomous snake that's found in Malta is the cat snake, a gray-colored snake that can grow from a few inches to almost three feet in length and is poisonous. Poison comes through an open wound. It does its damage when it finds an opening, spreads through the body, and paralyzes its victims. Don't let the enemies attack or the poison of others to spread through you and take you out. Notice that poison always comes through a wound. Bitterness comes through a wound. Uh, Negativity comes through a wound in our life. So when we've been through something, there is a tendency to want to believe the worst about people. There's a tendency to want to believe the worst about God. That wound that you experienced created an opening for poison to seep into your soul. That experience that you've been through creates an opportunity for negativity to come in. And if you're not careful, if you aren't simply able to simply shake off the poison and the venom, it will corrupt who you are inside, making you a jaded, negative, and difficult person to be around. It can color everything that you view about life, about people, and about God. Instead, we need to recognize and to shake off negativity, to shake off the things that have come against us, and to not allow this attack to be taken to heart. You know, there's times where it has to be taken out and removed. You know, if you get bitten by a snake, if you're ever in the scouts, if you're ever in Royal Rangers, they tell you one of the things that you need to do, which is really gross when you think about it, is that if you've been bitten by a snake, someone's got to suck the poison out. And spit it out. Some of us are welcoming the poison that comes into our life through others. The experiences that we've had growing up. The things that people have spoken over our lives. We're just letting it absorb into us. But sometimes we got to take it out and spit it out. It doesn't belong as being part of your life. It was just something that someone else tried to inflict on you. And just because someone else is a negative person. Just because someone else lacks faith. Just because someone else doesn't want to see you succeed and would rather see you fail doesn't mean you have to absorb that and let that become part of you. Does that make sense? I'm speaking to three or four of you here, but maybe there's more of you that are listening to me today. When you understand understand this purpose here that we know that God is at work within you and there are going to be times where people don't want to see you blessed and succeed. You've got to shake off the attack. You've got to not let the poison get to you and stay faithful and keep your eyes on the Lord. Third thing is this. Shake off others' expectations of you. 
both good and bad. You know, the toughest thing in the world is to live up to someone's expectation for you or to be under the expectations of someone that's just waiting for you and looking for you to fail. It says that the the villagers that were there, when, when the islanders saw that Paul had been bitten by this poisonous snake, their expectations were, this guy's gonna die. He's not gonna make it. He's gonna swell up like a balloon. He's gonna start to have anaphylactic shock. He's not gonna be able to breathe and he's gonna fall down dead. And there are times in your life that as you're doing things, there are people, believe it or not, that wanna see you fail. Whether it be in your workplace, because someone else doesn't like the fact that you got a promotion and they didn't. I remember working for Lego a few years back and they asked me to go to Denmark for them. And uh, I don't know why they chose me. They just happened to chose me to go to uh, their headquarters, their global headquarters in Denmark. And I remember the the, uh, call center manager wanted me to do that. And there were some people that really didn't like the fact that I was going. People who had been there a lot longer In fact, I even got a message from one of the managers saying, I can't believe Dan's going. And I wrote back, I said, I think this message was meant for somebody else. And that you sent it to me by accident. And there were people that weren't happy about me, that didn't like the fact that I was afforded an opportunity that someone else was, and I didn't do anything to anybody. And there are going to be times in your life when God opens doors of opportunity, where God's going to bless you, and give you situations where his favor is upon you, and other people are going to not like the fact that you got promoted over them. Not like the fact that you had an opportunity. Not like the fact that the car you drive, or the house that you own, or that you seem more blessed than others, or that you're healthy and they're not. Whatever the case might be, that's not on you, that's on them. And so we have to be careful about that, to recognize that there are people that would rather see us fail than succeed. You're new on a job, you're a kid just starting out. Some people would rather see you fail than succeed. The seasoned old-timers would say, you know, I'd rather see this person. This kid will learn how it goes around here, and I'm going to show him. There are times you're in those situations like that. There's times you have bold dreams and ambitions, things that God wants to do in your life, and you set your heart upon those things, and then there are people that are just waiting to say, well, that won't work. That can't happen. It'll never take place because they don't have the faith to see it and they don't have the will and the work ethic to see it happen. But just because people have expectations on you to see you fail doesn't necessarily mean that you will. Paul survived many things. Not because God was against him, but because God was with him. Don't let the way others judge what you're going through affect how you live. The key to being a survivor is not looking at the critics and the cynics, but by keeping your eyes on Jesus. Because people's opinion of you can change at any moment. Didn't we see that in this passage here? One moment they think this guy surely must be a murderer, and that fate has gotten a hold of his life, and now he's going to die because the gods see it fit for him to die. And then when he doesn't, they're like, well, he must be a god. Talk about a 180. Talk about from going from like, I don't think this guy's going to make it to, wow, God's with him. And a lot of times people are fickle like that. Their opinion of you will change at a moment's notice. One day they like you, the next day they won't. So that's why it's all the more important that when you're doing what God wants you to do, you keep your eyes on that and not on the opinion of man or the will of man. That in many of those cases we say, okay, others are saying I'm going to fail. 
Now, granted, you should take wise advice when wise advice is offered to you. But there are many times where people, under the guise of advice, are actually trying to discourage you, are actually trying to keep you from doing something, or because they don't like you, or they don't, they don't think it can happen, or they don't think it's a reality, they're going to try and talk you out of it, as though you need a good bit of advice and a talking to, because you clearly don't know what you're doing. But if God's spoken to you, if God's given you the blueprint, if he's laid things out for you, you say, you know what, I'm going to do that, and it doesn't matter what people say. Don't live life according to public opinion, but what God wants. His words are the only ones that matter. Just because people think bad things will happen to you doesn't mean it will. Just because they think your failure is imminent doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Just because they don't see what you see doesn't mean that God didn't give it to you. Most people say it can't be done because they don't have the courage to try it themselves. They expected the worst for Paul. But when he didn't die, they thought he was God, which goes to show you how quickly people's opinions can change. Stay focused on what God wants you to do, not what people think about you. Paul defied expectations. They thought one thing would happen to him, but God had other plans. Sometimes we've got to shake off the expectations. I know what people are saying on the negative. I know what they're saying about your plans and your future, but don't listen to the negativity. Then there's the flip side of it where people are like, you're going to be this, you're going to do that. And they put, set this high expectations like, oh, you're a preacher's kid? You're going to be just like your dad someday. Or you're going to go and do this, or you're going to go and do that. Or your parents were uh, involved in this kind of line of business, you should go into this kind of business as well. Or because your sibling was good in sports and you go to school and they're like, you're going to be good in sports too because your brother or your sister was captain of the football team or captain of the volleyball team. And there's expectations that are put on you. And sometimes the expectations about being great can be just as crushing as when people say that you're going to fail. Because it seems too big. It seems too intimidating. So a lot of times people just run from that. Shake off the expectations. What I'm not saying here is have no goals. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm not saying don't have any plans or any future. But try not to live under the crushing weight of high expectations because sometimes we just simply have to take life as it comes. My son took the SATs on Saturday. I said to him, no matter how this goes, just know that you're loved and I'm proud of you. Because there's times you can go in there thinking, I'm going to do great, and you come out and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, that sort of thing. And there's a lot of times in life where it's like that, where you're like, I'm, I'm ready to go. This new job, this new opportunity, this new family I'm starting. You know, I think I'm going to be a great dad, I'm going to do my best. And then you do it and you're like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. But let's stop trying to set the goal of someone else, the ideal that someone else has set up, the ideal that you've put in your mind about the way it should be, and instead shoot for what God speaks to your heart. Because if you do what God's put in your heart to do, you'll always land in the right place. If you always honor God in your decisions, whether it be college or your job or career or in your marriage or in your family, if you always try to do what's pleasing the Lord's sight, it will succeed and it will be blessed. You won't have to kick it into gear. You won't have to try and fight and struggle for it. God will bless it because 
you're working towards a godly goal and a godly aim. You have to stay focused on what God has told you. In order to be a survivor, the next thing is you've got to walk in your calling. What is my calling, Pastor Dan? Some people come to me and like, well, I want to know what God's will is for my life. What's my calling? And sometimes the dreams are big about God's going to call me to some global ministry or you're going to make me an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist. And sometimes we miss the glory and the goodness in the everyday. Sometimes we miss the blessing in the everyday things that God wants to call us to. God needs people in business that serve him. God needs people that can lead their families in a godly way. God needs people in government that are going to work in state government and local government to do good things and godly things for the people. Sometimes we just need good neighbors, godly neighbors that care about one another. And if we're always off dreaming about something bigger, we lose sight of the fact that we can be used by God in the everyday. Our calling is to serve the Lord. But there's an area sometimes that God specifically will ask you to or call you to that he wants you to use your gifts and your talents for. Paul knew his calling. Many thought that this was going to be the end of Paul. Some thought that this is the end of Paul, but God was just getting started. Paul didn't die. He was miraculously spared from death. And sometimes a situation is a setup for God to do something amazing. Sometimes the situation you find yourself in is a setup for God to do something amazing so that people can see God do the impossible. Survivors are walking miracles. They are testaments to the goodness of God and his power. When you resolve to keep walking with God in spite of hardship, difficulty, and things that look like they could kill you, you give God the opportunity for his power to be seen in and through you and to let your light shine. When Paul didn't die, they went from thinking he was cursed and condemned to thinking he was blessed by God and even a God himself. It's amazing what God can do with a simple miracle in your situation. Paul wasn't a God. He was just a man of God. Paul, whenever he was uh, given an opportunity to be worshipped, he always pointed people back to Jesus. There's another occasion where they thought that Paul and Barnabas were Zeus and Hermes and the, the crowd wanted to worship them and that horrified Paul. So whenever Paul was given that title or given that kind of glory, he, it was always uncomfortable with it and always pointed people back to Jesus. Can I challenge you today that when you, God blesses you, when people see things, uh, good things happening in your life, can you give God the glory and let people know it's because of Jesus? Paul never took the glory for himself and always pointed people to Christ. He's the reason why the miracle occurred. Paul wasn't dead, and he certainly wasn't done. God was just starting to do things there in Malta. Remember, this is the end of the book of Acts. This is the last chapter. Paul is supposed to be going to Rome, facing Nero, facing uncertainty, facing possible death. Paul could have died many times. He could have died in riots and beatings and imprisonments and four separate shipwrecks. I'm sure Paul probably thought to himself, what's a snake going to do to me after everything I've been through? 
A survivor looks at what they've been through and they say, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm going through now. This is not the worst thing I've been through. I've been through worst and God has been faithful. And even if this does do me in, I'm still going to be better off than I ever was living this life because I'll be in the presence of the Lord forever. Understand that what you've been through up until this point has built up to this point so that you can understand and put your trust in God to get you through yet another situation. Only God can tell you when your time has come and when the job is done. Only God can do that. Paul wasn't winding down his ministry. He was ramping it up. He could have gone, hey, listen, I'm a prisoner. I'm not, I'm not involved in any of this stuff. I don't care what happens on the island of Malta. That's your business. I've got to pray. I've got to write. I've got churches to care about and think about himself. But Paul, even in his imprisonment, even in his, in his uh, prisoner status, is helping people. So much so that like when he was exalted as a god, he gets brought to the house of this, this publican. Gets brought to this house of this official, the chief of uh, the people of Malta, called Publius, and they hear about Paul and they say, Paul, you know what? Uh, my dad, my father, is sick with the fever right now and with dysentery. Is there something you can do for him? And Paul didn't say, Well, you know, listen, I'm too important to be bothered by this right now. Or I've been through a lot. Listen, I've just been 14 days at sea. I can't handle that right now. Can you come back to me another week from now? Paul says, no problem. Goes into the room and lays hands on the father and prays for him. And immediately the fever leaves him and he's raised up. Now, something important to keep in mind here that we are dealing with ancient times. They didn't have ibuprofen back then, right? You know, they didn't have like antibiotics if you got sick. A lot of times a fever usually meant that you could die because there wasn't something to treat it with. These days we have modern medicine to treat us for these things. But back then it was a very serious thing. So Paul prays for the official, the chief of the island's father, and and he's healed. And the word gets out about that. And all of a sudden this shipwrecked place that didn't look like they belonged anywhere and it looked like it wasn't part of God's plan, all of a sudden becomes part of God's plan. When you have a survivor mentality that says, God brought me through this for a reason. God's got something in store for the situation. How many times have you looked at your situation like that? That things are crummy right now. Things are bad right now. But like, have you looked at your situation and go, okay, God, clearly I'm, all I have right now is you. I don't have anyone else. So what do you want to do here? How are you going to bring me through this one? And how are you going to let your name be glorified through it? That's the question that we need to ask ourselves. So Paul heals it, and all of a sudden, people from all over the island are coming to Paul. And they're asking, would you lay your hands on my family member, my friend, my neighbor? Would you lay hands on the sick and pray for them just like you did for Publius' father? Can you pray for, for him like you Pray for me like you prayed for him. And Paul begins to pray. It says that many healings took place in that situation during their time on the island. They spent three months there on the island. Talk about a detour. Spending three months there while it's wintertime because they realized, you know, sailing in the winter is probably not safe. So for three months they're there and Paul is ministering and sharing and helping and healing and preaching 
people are grateful. God totally turns the situation around for the good. So much so that by the time they are ready to leave, the island is so grateful that they helped them with much needed supplies. Paul's journey wasn't over. His job wasn't done. He wasn't winding down his ministry. He was just walking in his calling. And Paul didn't allow the attacks and the criticisms and the expectations of others affect him because that's what a survivor does. What's a survivor? Again, from before, at the beginning of this message today, it's a person that's regarded as resilient or courageous enough to be able to overcome hardship and misfortune. A person who copes with a bad situation or affliction and who gets through, or a person who manages to live through a situation that could have caused death. A survivor is a person that things that survive, specifically a person who has survived a great ordeal. When you are a survivor, it means you come out on the other side and you have a story. But the other definition of a survivor is that something that outlives even you. We just celebrated Memorial Day. We just uh, had our parades and our gatherings and we go to the cemeteries and we lay wreaths there and so that we ask, what do these stones and these markers mean? They're there so we don't forget. We're there so that their legacy lives on. We're there so that what they did survives. And so if you are a survivor, if you are someone who is walking with the Lord, one of the greatest legacies that you can leave your family and your church is that you walked with God throughout the entirety of your life and people remember you as someone who walked with God and loved the Lord. So that your children, when they grow up, they'll remember mom and dad. Mom or dad was someone that walked with God. Grandpa was someone who walked with dad, with God. Grandmother was someone that walked with God. And that they have that as a legacy. And what you do outlives even you. The seeds that you planted, the things that you've watered, the things that God has done in your life, that outlives you. And we would love to just simply say, everything I go through, I'm just going to live forever. But that's not what this side of eternity is about. There's the other side of eternity where we'll live forever. But we have to ask ourselves now, when we're going through this, what are people seeing? Are they seeing people, are they seeing an individual who's struggling and fighting and keeps going and is trusting God and is being faithful? Or do they see someone who's floundering and complaining and is negative and bitter? How do you choose to go through what you're going through? What people see in terms of your reaction will determine what kind of impact you have after it's over. The only thing that matters in life is what we do for the Lord. C.T. Studd once wrote a poem, Only One Life, and in it are these words. It says, uh, Only One Life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. In eternity's view, our success and our failures won't matter. In heaven, all that matters is what we did for Jesus. And our legacy is what we leave behind. It's what survives us after we pass. What will people see when they look at your life? Will they see God's grace? Will they see his goodness? Will they see a life that is blessed despite failures and setbacks? Will they see God at work? This morning, I believe that there are survivors in the room. 
You might not look, you might not think that way. You might not feel that way. But you're here today in church. By the way, I commend you for coming to church. You could stay home in your pajamas and still watch. I don't recommend it. People viewing at home. You could be doing that, but you're here today. You're a survivor. You've made it through the week. You've come to worship the Lord another Sunday. We've come to to give God glory another time. You have survived. You've made it through. I'll encourage you to continue to be a person that has your heart set on the things above and not be discouraged by the things of this world. Maybe this morning, as I ask the worship team to come, maybe this morning that you are feeling as though you may not make it as you go through what you're going through right now. I don't know what you're going through. Many times I don't hear about it until after you've gone through it. And there are times that when I hear about it, I'm amazed that you're still standing. After all that you've endured, after all that you've experienced, it's amazing to hear about surgeries you've been through or the passing of loved ones that you've been through or a bad situation at your job or things that happened and news that you got and you were still standing. But can I encourage you today, let me know about what you're going through so I can pray for you. It's a little easier to get through when you know that people are praying and lifting you up and that God is going to help you in that situation. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at www.livinghopechurchag.org.